Welcome back to Teaching the Unteachables, where we dive into teaching and learning methodologies for professionals like you. As instructors, we have the responsibility to teach our students how to take care of themselves. Learn more about personal safety at OSHA.com. All right. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining Did You Know? The ESCO HVAC podcast. So we are hanging out with J.R. Cock. J.R., how are you doing, my friend? I am doing good. How are you? I'm doing extremely well. And I know we're, we're starting the school season back up, and I know you're as busy as can be. You know, and I, So I really appreciate your time today. Absolutely. Now, one of the things that we've been uh, we've, we've talked about before and we wanted to dive into is safety. And I, I would almost say the lack of safety training in many of our programs. Would you say that's uh, relatively consistent in the industry? This is true. <laughs> you know, and a lot of it is because we don't have the formal training or we don't have the curriculum for doing classes like, say, OSHA 10 and OSHA 30 in the classrooms. So let's dive a little bit into safety in the classrooms and tell us a little bit about your background, especially in safety. Well, I, I've been doing, uh, out of high school, I, I went into a tech, two-year technical program uh, for uh, HVAC, um, and I didn't think about safety probably for the first right. three years or so that I was Until out. you hurt something. Until I hurt myself, <laughs> exactly. And uh, I got a finger here that doesn't straighten out. Oh, okay. So that was the thing that started it. Yeah, yeah. A little bit of a sawzall. Mm -hmm. it, mine was a wire wheel strand in the eyeball. Yeah. Yeah, it, uh, so people, people get on me all the time now because I'm like Mr. Safety, and I'm like, it's for a reason, a very good reason. When you impale something onto your body, you think twice about it the next time. And so Funny how pain does some of that to, to you. Doesn't <laughs> <it>? <laughs> <laughs> I always but say yeah, some so, the best well, lessons can, are the ones we learn. <laughs> exactly. So, so I'm fairly young, you know. I, I'm 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 just out of high school. I go to your tech school. I worked three years in the industry and like residential and then I get hurt. The fact that I had gone to tech school when I, the next job I went to, I, I was able to walk into a, a place and they said, Hey, uh, what about supervising some uh, installations? Uh, um, I'd done that at the residential level. Sure. And so I, I, I started supervising on commercial uh, sites, just uh, managing the job site yeah. and, uh, once, once it became someone, you know, other people were, I was in charge of other people. You were I, liable for other yeah, people's safety. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, I won't say that the first few years that it was, you know, that I even knew where they asked questions at, you know, right, exactly. It was something that, okay, well, we started to have, you know, we have toolbox talks, you know, weekly talks and, and stuff. And so I, I learned over time, of course, I'm working a lot of union jobs and I got uh, the possibility of people showing up and people giving you bad advice, like go out the back door if OSHA shows up. That that, that doesn't work out really well. Right. Uh, and and so you, it's much better to just uh, do something. Be right. prepared. Right. What, what really got me involved is uh, after I'd done uh, the commercial in, uh, installs, I got to working at a, a college uh, in facilities around when Virginia Tech happened. And uh, um, we we started doing, you know, active shooter training and other types of, it just built our safety program up. Uh, and then I've, I've run into situations over the years where 
um, we needed some leadership in that area. And uh, I've always sat on uh, safety committees uh, since that day, since those those times. Okay. So like from your experience, if we're looking at our program and we're looking at the the safety topics that our students should be exposed to, where would you start? I mean, what are the fundamentals that we need to embrace? Well, we talked to, you, know, you mentioned curriculum. Do we, know, do, do we know where to find curriculum? Yeah, exactly. Where do you go for it? Um, we can hit that as a separate topic, but there's this thing called it's Focus 4 that OSHA okay. has. And the Focus 4 is you can go right to OSHA's website and type in Focus 4 into their uh, into their into the search engine, mm-hmm. and it'll come up with Focus 4. And they, that is one area where they've already written a bunch of curriculum for you. Okay, excellent. There is actual tests and everything that are. Oh, uh, yeah on there if you type in focus four and the focus four are the areas where OSHA has identified the most incidents have taken place out in the industry. And and those would be falls, electrocution, sure. Caught in and caught between. So trapped, you know, in something scenarios, wrenching could fall into caught in, uh, the caught between you be like uh, getting crushed between a piece of machinery or something, you know, a forklift safety could fall into those areas. So those are, those are definitely no brainers. Those are, you start with those. Uh, and, and then, you know, we spent time out in the field and you, and we kind of learned that there's some other areas that maybe we were lacking in ourselves. And I, I've built mm-hmm. upon that. I've of course touched on uh, PPE in class. Yeah, exactly. Uh, material handling. You yep. know, Oh, I got my sheet metal scars, <laughs> stitches uh, even. Definitely lockout, tag out, which would fall yeah. into like an electrical area. Uh, has com, you know, SDS sheets. Yep. Uh, confined space. Okay, here here's one that we often, as HVAC people, uh, is being in a, a, a cooling tower, a confined space. Oh, you man. Know? All right. Uh, definitely attics and crawl spaces. <laughs> so... Uh, and then I, I, one that I like to throw in there is rigging. I spend some sure. time with my students uh, uh, learning how to uh, rig. I, I know as a commercial installer, first time uh, helicopters flew over my head. And I've done that. It's not like we did that all the time, but I've right. done that. And uh, um, they walk you through it when you hire someone to do that for you. But, you know, still a very intimidating situation, especially if you've never, you know, learn how to do any kind of rigging before. So we spend some time doing rigging in class. So when we think about like our students and preparing our students for, for training, what are some of the dangers that are faced by students when we start getting into, you know, safety uh, education? Well, there's definitely barriers to barriers to doing things that are, are safe. Like to think about the students. Some of the barriers are, are, are within ourselves. I mean, I've gotten hurt and even teaching safety, I continue to get hurt sometimes. Uh, right. because, uh, many of us are, I'm, I'm a bull in a China shop. Uh, and I mean that in that I have to get, if, if there's a, a task that's at hand, um, I have to power through and get that task in hand. I guess I'm not saying that I'm bull in a China shop as far as clumsy or something like that, but I've got to get a, ta- I got to get a task done. And sometimes task oriented very often. Yeah. Very often. And, and that can, that can get you in a lot of trouble. I mean, if cool you're not boy. willing to wait for the proper material lift to lift something, in fact, instead you're like, Oh, I'm still strong. I'll, I'll put mm-hmm. that up there in that, uh, in up in that attic or whatever. Uh, you can get yourself hurt that way. 
so we we create some of our own. Um, of course, there's also um, uh, employers uh, pushing for the time, getting things done in a pro, you know in a certain amount of time. Sure. Anyway. Um, and and there's ignorance, just not knowing what yeah. question to ask. And then I'd say the other thing is complacency. Uh, once you know how to do something safely, will you continue to do that, or will you get comfortable enough? Um, oh, where you're not paying attention. I see so many motorcycle riders out there right now, and I ride a motorcycle. And I think, you know, everyone's safe riding that motorcycle as they start, first get out on the road. And then if you, you know, then it starts becoming like driving a car once they've figured out all the controls. And then over time, maybe they don't think about things the way they should. And, and you know, it's the same way in the work, you know, on a job site for a lot of our students. So, so um, you know, t- teaching them, to identify those things is, is, a, is something that we need to do. Um, and out of that, many of those have become regulations that we are required to follow. Well, yeah, that's where OSHA comes into place. I mean, it, we, we uh, you know, regulation comes from the things that, you know, that can hurt and kill us. Right. So, yeah. so we, we, uh, we, we, we get into talking about, well, OSHA and, how OSHA came about and OSHA came about in the 1970, the OSHAC was passed and the OSHAC set up um, what we, we see as OSHA now and regulations have built from that. Uh, there's four main group classifications of that we can train in. There's general industry, which you could think of as like a facility setting or you sure. know, an office setting. Uh, there's construction, and the construction is slightly different than general industry because everything's set up in a temporary set setting. I mean, some of the you know guardrails and things like that they yeah, exactly. be slightly different just because it's in a temporary setting, or or how you're going to assemble that uh, structure could be. Uh, and then there's a uh, maritime. You can get authorized to train in uh, maritime, and then our uh, agriculture is its own little area. Of, sure. Uh, classifications. So. Now it can be a little bit different between states and regions uh, in, in accordance to federal regulations. Is that right? This is true. We have, uh, we have, I think it's 10 uh, regions uh, federally, but many states before 1970 had regulations, safety regulations, okay. safety offices. And so when OSHA, the OSHAC came in, OSHAC came into place and we started having federal jurisdiction a lot uh you were they allowed states to keep their own choose yeah right. keep their if own. they were more stringent or was it a well it is going to be like any code like the international fuel gas code right or any of those codes it's going to be the minimum uh, exactly exactly so so you're if you're gonna if you're a state entity and you're working on your own not only are you going to have a federal office probably in your state or in your region and you're going to be part of a federal region uh, like Washington next door to us in Idaho, uh, they have their own o- uh, OSHA offices, but they also have federal offices. Okay. So, so they do their own thing, but it's got to be more stringent than what uh, OSHA. The OSHA is going to be the minimum. Sure. So OSHA is the the fundamental, and we see that in our own you know HVAC 
regulations. You know, you can have certain requirements at a state level, but you may have a city or a county that has more stringent requirements. You still have to meet all the basics of the state, but you dive a little bit deeper. So it's kind of the same way with OSHA from the federal perspective. You still have to meet this everywhere, but you may be required to dive deeper into your own region or your own state. So it's very important to know what those requirements are in your area, especially if you're moving from one region or one state to another. Exactly. exactly. Awesome. All right. So let's talk about the classes, right? So where and how could one get authorized uh, by OSHA to provide uh, OSHA 10 and OSHA 30 training and the cards that go along with them? Okay. Well, I'll tell you what I did. Um, and I had a background in safety because I ran, I was on safety committees. Uh, so, so I went to uh, my regional uh, office OSHA office and that's right. in Washington and uh, um, they, they have a training facility there uh, Pacific Northwest uh, OSHA yeah I'm looking up at my card right now Pacific Northwest OSHA Education Center uh, out of uh, uh, University of Washington gotcha that's the regional yeah and so so in the Pacific Northwest if you're in uh, if you're listening and you're in Idaho Washington Oregon or Alaska there you go <laughs> And, and and actually, you might have. There's a few more of them, but that was the closest one to me. Uh, and and first off, they're gonna they're gonna ask you to like document over your, your experience experience uh, the in safety and you and so um, I don't know what the threshold level is there, but I was able to document enough experience with my safety committees that I'd been on and and so forth to say, hey, this is a certain percentage of my job. I had to yep. I had to present it to them as a certain percentage of my career job and uh, once that's approved then you get to go in and take a train the trainer course Uh, i think it's osha 500 and 510 is the occupational safety and standards one that kind of goes through the standards book and you got to have a standards book this primary source right right this is the code that you're you you gotta you gotta at least know how to look something up right at least be able how to find it Yes. So, so you take the, you take a train to train course and you tra- take that and then you, and then you're authorized. And that's the term terminology that they use. I, I, my card says I'm authorized to provide uh, training in construction. You have to pick one of those four that we taught mentioned earlier. Oh, okay. So it yeah. doesn't, it's not a blanket coverage for all the different sectors. Exactly. Exactly. I was just on a trip and I ran into someone from another state. It was Oh, you're an OSHA trainer. And I said, yeah, where do you live? And oh, that's too far away to help them out. But sure. they're always looking for somebody that's in that specific area. Right. The train. So, okay. So, uh, yeah. So you get authorized to train in a certain area. Um, you've got a certain set of curriculum if for, a te- for a 10 hour or 30 hour card. There is going to uh, be a certain amount of curriculum that you have to uh, teach uh, according to OSHA standards. And then you get some leeway in some other areas. So I can kind of tailor the rest of the, the, of third, the content of the content for my a little bit more specific to the application. Right. And there's nothing there that says that if we're talking about rigging, I can't focus on rigging for HVAC. Yeah, exactly. You know, so, so, and so forth. So, and what about testing then? Do you become like a proctor for testing? No, um, I hold all my own tests. I, I, I can write my own tests. Uh, um, okay. So there's no standard OSHA test that I have to include. I have to teach the content. Right. And I do have to prove they're 
their knowledge. Competency. The big one is that if, I, and this is the hardest for me as an instructor of a two, if I do a 30 hour card, that's almost two weeks of con, uh, content. Class. Yeah, exactly. That's a lot to fit I, into. I a break it up. Yes, definitely. Will the students show up every day? Right. Because OSHA ha- makes you maintain a log of your of time who's there, of who's there. Okay. And, uh, they have to sign it. And if they're not there that day, one day out of that two weeks, then they don't qualify for their card. Exactly. Okay. To be there every day. So after, after meeting the requirements of your, say we're doing an OSHA 10 and we've met our 10 hours of physical classroom time, what's the procedure for acquiring your card then? At that point, I submit in a, a, a report to the University of Washington, in my case, or, uh, 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 yeah, University of Washington, in my case, I submit in a report that says that these people quit, uh, completed it and I pay a fee. Uh, I think it just went up to like $10 a card for me. Okay. Um, so it's not super expensive. Right. So even you know, within my, just pay for it out of my budget. Exactly. Uh, but you can have your students pay for it, I suppose. Uh, and then, uh, uh, then it's pretty quick. I usually get the cards back in about uh, a week or so. And then you take, I have to, I have to take a picture of the front and the back of each card and keep that for my records. And sure. I can hand them out to everybody. And they come Fantastic. With them, so. I know it's a lot to add, particularly if we're doing like that. You said the 30 hour, that's a lot of physical class time, but now we're talking about, you know, introducing safety into our curriculum as well. And I'm sure any school administration is going to look at that and go, well, yeah, that's definitely an important curriculum to have uh, within our portfolio. But what if it's something that we're looking for? What if our advisory board is asking for our students to acquire their OSHA 10 or their OSHA 30 uh, before going into the field, but we're not going to be equipped or maybe we don't have the additional hours to introduce that curriculum into our program. What are other ways that the students can get their uh, 10 and 30 hour training? I try not to name drop, but it's just something that I'm working with right now. And I'm working right. with the Interplay uh, publishers and other sure. publishers have the same deal. But you, a lot of them have agreements to provide uh, OSHA training. Virtual uh, online style yeah. training. Yeah, so, okay. so you could make it, you could have it as part of that, re, those readings or whatever. That you as do. a requirement for home training or exactly. home assignments. Nothing like the hands-on, though. I mean, we all know that. Well, we should be doing hands-on when we're in the lab, no matter what our curriculum is, right? So, I mean, you know, they're going to have their safety glasses on, and and maybe I have mine update SDS. Even if I wasn't doing OSHA cards, they'd be updated. They know what an SDS sheet is and stuff. Um, Outside of that, I I, I mean, we all have experience in the field. We've all, I mean, we're HVAC people. We yeah. All, we know what won't kill us. <laughs> I can tell you that. <laughs> and, 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 you know, I found over the time that the students really respond well when you share uh, yes. those experiences, experiences you've gone through. You know? Life and, lessons are yeah. top curriculum content. So, no, you know, you don't need a, you don't need to hand out cards to teach safety in the classroom. I mean, it's nice. Yeah. But you don't have to do that. Fantastic. Well, JR, I really appreciate your time. And um, we hope that anyone that is interested in adding OSHA 10 and OSHA 30 safety to their programs now have a little bit better direction. And we sure appreciate your time today. Absolutely.